0: Welcome, everyone, to that kind podcast, a weekly show that tells you what is going on in the nerdy world. I'm CJ Mellon, joined by Josh Burns and Brian Thornton. Yep. What up? And Merry Christmas. Yes. Merry holiday to you all, even though it's already passed. It, it would have just passed. Happy Life Day, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Return Day. Happy Day of Retail Returns. Uh, so listen, because it is the end. End of December, and we're going to go into January, Brian is reading the tea leaves and just kind of looking around to see what's coming out in the movie theaters for the month of January, and he put together the blockbuster.
1: You really stretched for that what? analogy. It was,
2: more, it was more like, what pile of shit can I put on paper for January?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Brian hastily put together... There's not a good list. Not even hastily.
0: It's just what's available. Here's just what's thing. out there. Here's the other thing, too. I was trying to find.
2: It's a sad
0: commentary when Paddington 2 is among the better things in this list. I was trying to find some of the movies that we had put on our December blockbuster for screenings, like Molly's Game and Itanya. But Yeah, it had really they don't the, have nationwide releases They a nationwide, nationwide until release until January. So some of those movies are coming out in January, but they're not on the Sneaking list. Sneaking
2: in to get nominated.
0: Just trying to get those Oscars. Uh, so we're gonna start with uh January 5th, Insidious, The Last Key. A hard Yeah, this, movie? One, this hard, one was stuck in for Oscars. Hard pass. Why is there a horror movie in January? That makes no sense
1: to me. Um because because everyone is scared of the new year and what that <laughs> may bring.
0: All right, touche. Touche, I'll take that. Uh January twelfth tw- wow, January twelfth. January twelfth, we have the post, hence the reason for my my slip-up. This has a huge cast like Bob Odenkirk, Tom Hanks, uh, Meryl Streep. Uh, this, this has a, a huge list. I, I, I like. I'm gonna see it just because I, I want to see those actors. But I, I know it's gonna be crap. Like it's just it's not gonna be good. Why do you think it's gonna be crap? You're
2: gonna have uh, Sarah Toastin in it. It too.
0: feels it feels like it was rushed. I don't know. Just something about this just doesn't seem right. And you were rushed, sir. I was rushed. And He's uh, only
2: going to see it because Bradley Whitford. Ah, that's, oh, that's
0: you know that's so true, Bradley. You know what though? Bradley Whitford trying to defend a paper from publishing stuff. That's that's not the Bradley Whitford how way. How many
2: how many roles are they gonna cast Jesse Plemons in is what I want to know. This dude is everywhere.
1: <laughs> everywhere. Uh, what are you guys gonna see this movie? Is this a movie that's on your? Oh, on not your list? in the theater.
2: No, no. All
1: right, this is something I'll I'll check out on on the the uh, Blu Ray
2: when the, it hits like four bucks because Tom has
1: <laughs> the next one. I had never heard of before
0: until Brian put it on the list, and that's Proud Mary. It's another one of those, like, Atomic Blonde movies, right? Another hit, Femme Fatale hitman movie. Oh, I love, love Femme the, Fatale the, the flicks. a revenge movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's not doing anything for me.
2: Oh, I'm going to see this one. No, I saw the trailer.
0: Then, and then we <laughs> have, uh, we had a, a train left over and a couple of the Taken scripts, they had some drafts, and then we just, we put Liam Neeson on the train and said, don't be as good as Taken, and let's call it The Commuter. Uh No hard pass on this movie
2: isn't isn't this uh what's the one he did in a plane it's just that on a train right
1: right Oh yes, yeah he did that yes. one on a plane non-stop, on non-stop. And this is just so I hear he does it in foxes <laughs> on boxes <laughs> on boxes <laughs>
0: <laughs> not in foxes with foxes
1: oh with boxes with foxes in boxes oh
0: my god he's actually doing this in order he we've got planes we've got trains next automobiles we just, that's all we need and Liam needs no, I think I think this taken. is his
1: he
2: did
0: automobiles no but I'm in exclusively taken. in a car. For the next movie. Like, uh, exclusively like, that, like, <clears throat> like that Tom like Hardy movie?
1: Like, like a, or like, like a that speed. Ethan Hawke movie? The, ga- right. the Getaway? Yes. Anyway, oh, that we, was a terrible movie. Anyway, Why would you not, wish that was it Then,
0: <laughs> then <laughs> It's a the national treasure. On January 12th, uh, we have Paddington 2. Which, it's actually you
2: know, the, the best movie of that group.
0: <laughs> it <laughs> it is, I didn't, I didn't see Paddington
1: 1.
2: No, nor, nor did I. I'm just saying it's got to be the best movie. Of Does that this
1: group. one have Channing Tatum in it? Maybe I'll go see it. No, it doesn't. Well oh, then, I'm not interested. Then on January 19th, Den of Thieves. Oh, this actually looks good. I have no desire to see this
0: whatsoever. Oh, I don't. I didn't say I'd see it in the theater. There, I said it it's actually got just looks 50 good. Fifty Cent, Gerard Butler. Nope. The this tea. isn't even. I'm, I'll be shocked if this makes it to the <laughs> theater. <thing. laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a new. Sorry, not even with MoviePass will I will this I see is,
2: this. This is bound to go direct to DVD, although. Pablo Schreiber, I do like
1: a lot. It's got um Ice Cube's son in it too. But What's not, his
2: name? Uh, some O'Shea Jackson Jr.
1: Yeah, O'Shea Jackson Jr. is in this movie. Oh,
2: I was right. Yeah. So, um, Pablo Schreiber does not improve Gerard Butler for me. Like when Gerard Butler gets top
1: billing, uh, not lately. Oh, Gerard Butler's your your reservation. Well, yeah. I mean, Gerard Butler is good in those roles. I, to be fair, though, he—I just don't off, believe him as a scientist. He is, he is the riding the—he's he's riding the storm of Geostorm right now. So yeah, you know. yeah, but that's because no one believes him as a scientist. I believe him as a as a dirty cop. Eh, I don't know, man. I, he has just had a few
0: really bad
1: movies. He is. You bite your tongue. Gods of Egypt was the best movie. <laughs>
0: Then uh, rounding out the month of January, the 26th, this is a movie I did not think was actually going to come around, which was Maze Runner The Death Cure. The reason I I didn't say this, the lead actor was actually hurt on a stunt during the production of the last movie, like broke his legs or something like that, and and they shut down production, and they pretty much said, hey. I thought it was the
1: production of this movie. uh, I I guess you're right.
0: Yes, yes. I uh, yeah. Said, "Hey,
1: we're we're not going to do this. Sorry, it's too big of a liability. But yet, here we are. I mean, I enjoy the first two Maze Runners. Me, I actually will probably see this in the theater. Yeah, I, I like
2: I like Maze Runner as well. I don't know about the theater, but yeah, I mean, I definitely want to see it at some
1: point. I mean, it's the only thing that's coming out this month that I really care about. So if I go it's, to the movies once a month, it's
2: good time to catch up on you know other things
0: you need to watch. Which leads, oh, look at that segue right there, Mister Burns. Which leads mm. us to our conversation about the world of TV and movies." that we like to call Screen to Screen. Uh, so here is what we've done. We are looking a little bit at 2017 in review and giving you some uh, feedback ads to our favorite movies and our favorite TV shows. <laughs> I also reached out to you, the fans, and you guys supplied your own feedback as well, so I definitely want to bring that up. But I want to start with your top five movies for 2017, and I agonized over this list, so I'm very curious to hear uh, what you guys picked. So I'd start with Brian, all right, we're going to do this Brad Robin style. So, Brian, I'd like to hear your number five. Josh, you're second on, and then I'll be uh, the last one.
1: Okay, my number five uh, movie we're doing, right? Movie? That's correct, movie. My number five movie of, of 2017 uh, was Dunkirk. Ooh. I don't know if you, I mean, you saw this, right? I did see this. Do I have to give a reason as to why I liked it, or should I, can I just no, say it? it no, it, it, it was perfectly defined. It, it on your list. list. I don't, I'm just making sure I don't have to defend it. I just want to make sure.
2: Uh, my number five was War for the Planet of the Apes.
1: Ah, uh, that was a good one. I considered that. Really did.
0: My number five is actually a, a newer release. Uh, it is Darkest Hour. Oh, did you see, you saw that? I did. I saw it. It was very good. I think Gary Oldman should finally get his goddamn Oscar. He did such an amazing job. And if Are we reviewing saying, these
2: movies as well?
0: No, no, but it's a perfect way to say <laughs> way into Dunkirk. You should watch Darkest Hour and then go watch Dunkirk. Your mind will be very happy knowing all the context of everything
1: word brian number four uh number four i had uh the remake of it i was ah. very very impressed with this movie especially since i'm not a huge horror movie fan and it just kind of caught me by surprise so that's why it made my top five
2: i have uh for number four atomic blonde
0: i wanted to see that i've never also seen that. also, oh, I also loved considered it.
1: doing it loved yeah, it, it. Also uh, consider putting that on my list, but the, the others I felt were better.
0: My number four will be nowhere near Josh Burns's hmm. list whatsoever. It is Wonder Woman.
2: No, it didn't even. It didn't even make my honorable
1: mentions. I figured it wouldn't even be. I didn't even know we were doing jokes. honorable mentions. We're,
2: we're not. I'm just saying. Okay. I, I, right. I listed all the movies. Don't I saw. Don't change the game on me, Josh. No, no, no. I listed all the movies I saw, and then I immediately deleted Wonder Woman <laughs> and Justice League because they were both garbage.
1: Are we on my number? My number three. My number three is actually a DC movie. It's Lego Batman. Oh, that's good. It was so enjoyable.
2: Nice. My number three is John Wick, chapter two.
1: Ooh. Uh, my number three is Logan. I really thought about putting Logan on here. Honorable. Really did. Honorable mentions list. Honorable mentions for me, too. Number All two. Right. Number two. All well, with this voice, I could do that. Number two. All right. Uh, my number two is Baby Driver.
2: My number two is Baby Driver.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. My number two is Happy Death Day.
0: Uh, I wanted to see that. That was a really good movie. Highly recommend it.
1: Your number one pick, Mr. Brian Thornton, your number one. No one should be surprised by this. My number one pick was Spider-Man Homecoming.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I made the honorable mention list. uh, My number one movie of 2017 is American Assassin.
0: Ooh. My number one pick was your number two pick, Baby Driver. I, I absolutely love that movie. It deserves yeah. number one.
2: Yeah. And I loved American Assassin so much.
1: I need to see that. that. I've,
2: I've watched it more times than I've watched Baby Driver. I, it's at least seven times in the last. Wow. What, it's come out, what, two months on iTunes? Yeah.
1: I believe so. It's a
2: lot. Like it's like I watch it once a week at this point.
0: So I uh, throw the, the top five question out to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We got a couple of replies I want to shoot back real quick. Uh, the one we got on Instagram, uh, this said in no particular order, was uh, Wonder Woman, get out. Logan and murder on the Orient express. Couldn't think of a fifth one. So they just went with the the four, which is, I think we can find a fifth movie, but that's fine. Uh, I reached out on, reached out on Twitter and I got uh, this reply here uh, from Christine. She said again, in uh, no particular order, lady bird, Thor Ragnarok, which wasn't on any of one's list here, which I thought was interesting. Uh, the big sick, which I really wanted to see, Baby Driver, and Landline.
1: I really was trying to avoid making all five of my movies superhero movies. I was doing the same thing. That's they awesome. were all,
0: all, all my, my, all my honorable mentions
2: were superhero or Star Wars.
1: I, I literally had to say to myself, all right. Ryan, you are allowed two superhero movies out of the five, and that is it. That's what I said, too. So what are the best superhero movies out of all of them that came out?
2: (laughs) I I didn't think there were any superhero movies that were as good as the five I put on my list. None of them.
1: So now I want to go ahead and uh,
0: shift the focus over to television. So I want to start with your top five TV shows of 2017. And uh, for the TV segment, I'm not just going to put us in a box of only in 2017. So if there's old shows in there, we're, we're totally allowing that. Or second or third seasons, Perfectly acceptable. So, Brian, start us off.
1: Um, My number five is uh, actually uh, wrapping its second season currently this year. Um, It's The Good Place, starring Kristen Bell and Ted Danson. And it's fantastic. And it's funny. And it's actually kind of, like, surprising and uh, got some little twists and turns in it. I highly recommend everybody watch this, not just because I'm in love with Kristen Bell, but because it is a really great show. Uh,
2: Number five, Game of Thrones.
0: Uh, For me, my number five is a new show, Future Man, on Hulu. Just dropped a few weeks ago. Is that the
1: one with Josh Hutcherson? Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm not watching that. It was good. (laughs) I'm enjoying it. All right, number four. Number four, four, four. I actually uh, am surprised at how much I enjoyed this show. That's why I made it up to the top five. Big Mouth on Netflix. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I will not explain what it's about. Just watch it. I did not like that show. You know, it's one of those things that like I wasn't really liking it up until about episode three or four. Yeah, and I, then I freaking loved. I, I it. Did the same thing. I, I couldn't get into it.
0: I tried.
2: Um, my number four was Big Mouth on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Yumi, yeah. we're right there. I think. Well, didn't I? Didn't I recommend Big Mouth to you? N- yes, you did. You, I yes, feel you did. I feel good. I feel I feel
0: strong like bull. <laughs> my number four was Stranger Things.
1: Season two. I'm feeling like a shitheel for not having Stranger Things on my list.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't have it
2: on my list. That's either. all right. All,
1: all right, right, Brian. Number three. My number three is uh, The Punisher, which we just watched a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah. Punisher and made it. It was very close. Uh, it got edged out by Game of Thrones. Uh, my number three is Ray
1: Donovan. Oh, I've never seen that show.
2: Oh, it's so good. That's like, got
1: Liev Schreiber in it, right? It has
2: Liev Schreiber. It has, it has uh, John Voight. It, it's, it, it's got a bunch of faces that you already know. And if you have Showtime, you really need c- to consider watching because it's worth it. It's a great story. And it's a very human story.
0: Yeah, it was on my list and then it just kind of fell off. But it's definitely something I'm going to pick up for, for 2018. It's on my list to watch. Yeah, instead he decided to watch Future Man. Uh, my, my number three was Glow. On Netflix, yeah,
1: I wanted to see this. I like Alison Brie en- a lot. I enjoyed that's a lot. The
2: roller skating, that's the roller skating, it's
1: no, the, the, f- the female wrestling, the oh, wrestling. gorgeous ladies the of wrestling,
2: Go- gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Okay, yep. I do like Alison Brie very much.
0: I like Alison Brie, I like Mark. Uh, oh, got Mark Marin. Uh, he, he's Larry too. I was uh, on board for it. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it Number two,
1: my number two show has uh quickly become. One of my favorite shows I look forward to watching every week. It's Lethal Weapon. It's ah. Currently in its second season. Yeah, That's it is. That's in my is. honorable mentions. My number it's two so good.
2: is Silicon Valley.
0: Uh, my number two was Doctor Who. I really enjoyed this season. Mm, false.
1: Yeah, no one cares. And number the Christmas one? special
0: happened, but, you know, we didn't get there.
1: Number one. I don't know why this is a surprise. Uh, I still love The Flash. It's still my favorite show on television right now. I look forward to watching it every week. And... If we're talking about the 2017 season, this was the last season with Savitar, and the season that currently in is freaking amazing. So, yeah, just watch it, please.
2: I agree. The Flash is amazing. There's only one show, however, that I DVR and watch every single week, and that's
0: Lethal Weapon. Number one. Uh, All right, all right. My number one was The Crown on Netflix, and and (laughs) I, I enjoyed it immensely. The problem I had with this list is I don't have cable anymore. So like I am so out of the zeitgeist of like what's happening on you TV. You came up so, with the ideas for the so, list. I know. So
2: the, but the crown, huh?
0: Yes. I, do I you
2: I, do you and my wife cycle together?
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you know what it's funny you, you brought up your, your wife here, Josh, because I put the face the, the I put the question out to Facebook, uh and your wife replied with her top four uh for, for this year and She couldn't uh, think of a fifth either? I don't know, she couldn't get a fifth either. Josh, go go
1: get your wife. Get her a fit.
0: <laughs> for number four, she put in Game of Thrones. For number three, she also put in The Crown. Number two was Stranger Things. But her number one show for this year was Narcos. She fucking loves Narcos.
2: I don't even understand... Like it's uncanny. Well, that's, be, that's because
1: they're speaking Spanish, Josh. She's just, <laughs> you, have like, she, <laughs> I, you have to I read it. But
2: I, I don't. I've never seen Laura not have her phone in front of her face while watching television. So I don't understand how she loves Narcos so much. I don't get it.
0: She is all about it,
2: apparently, and she's talking to me about. It, I'm like, I'm never gonna watch it. I'm never gonna watch it. I can't focus on anything for that long. That's
0: crazy. That, that's the only problem is I have to wait till both my kids are asleep so I can read Narcos because you don't watch it. You read it. Like, even in a hotel, I can't focus on it for that long. It's just, I can't do it. Uh, but listen, this is not a one way conversation. We definitely want to hear from you. What are your favorite movies of 2017 and your favorite television shows? You can tweet us at That Kind of Nerd or find us on Facebook, Facebook.com That Kind of Nerd. So please go ahead and tell us uh, what your top five are. Uh, we will definitely read them on the next episode. So this next part here is a little bit of uh, f- some follow-up that we had talked about. We talked about that Amazon was pitching, uh, rebooting or redoing uh, the Lord of the Rings series. Uh, and to kind of make the nerd kind of happy, Ian McKellen is throwing his hat into the ring to play Gandalf again in this TV reboot. He's yeah, asking, yeah, yeah. can I do this? Yes, right? Let, this me, is a let me
2: Let me get in there and play Gandalf and make a shit ton of money very quickly in a series that I won't have to work on for very long.
0: <laughs> it's very true.
2: Right? He's look, he'll be able to set his own terms, film when he wants to film, yep. won't probably won't have to film on location, they'll be able to create sets around him things like that. Plus we've already d- established the location is basically only going to be studio B and like very small outdoor shots. It's not going to be a ton of work.
0: It's probably just him sitting in a chair. And they're like, "We'll, we'll, we'll CGI." It's going
2: to just be a ton of money for him, and then the show's going to get canceled after you know one season. So who
0: cares, Brian? What do you think about Ian McKellen saying, "Yes, I would like to play Gandalf."
1: He I is mean, Gandalf. I, Why he, he is Gandalf? I don't, I don't understand. He doesn't have to ask. That's what he is.
2: Right. Him saying, "I," it'd be like saying, "You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm Batman."
0: Like, or like
2: Aaron for, Paul for Michael for Michael, for Michael Keaton. Or Aaron Paul's ghostwriter. It's the same thing. I
1: mean, thing. this is really more like saying, hey, can I be Brian Thornton for a day? <laughs> right. I'd really love I really love like to. If I you could be mind.
0: Brian. Brian, uh, you and I like to listen to the podcast Hollywood Babylon. Why are you uh, bringing up another podcast? Because on podcast? they have a, because <laughs> first off, it's a great show. Secondly, yeah, uh, it is. They have a wonderful segment that uh, I'm going to steal for just a quick moment, and it's called uh, No Thanks. We already got one. This is great. Can't wait for the lawsuit on this. <laughs> How many Grinch movies does this world need? We
2: need this one. We need this one. We need this shit. You're out of your goddamn
0: mind. I didn't know this, and for those of you who are playing the home game, Illumination Studios is making The Grinch. Listen, I I'm, I'm I actually had to position my
2: mic upward and lean the fuck in because I've been pissed off about this since you posted it on Facebook. The original How the Grinch Stole Christmas was made in 1966, voiced by Boris Karloff. It just has not aged well. My kids, although they, they watch it every year because you know, we show it to them, it doesn't mean they love it or identify with it in any way. I do, right? Because I grew up on it. Laura does. More importantly, and the story behind it, if you'll allow it, yeah? Absolutely. All right. The story behind it is this. When I was a senior in high school, I was in this creative writing class. And we made a um, a paper mache set of, it, we were going to put on a show for um, some special ed kids that were going to come in and we were going to do a little play for them, right? So we had to choose right. what we wanted to do. We chose How the Grinch Stole Christmas and we made these paper mache puppets and it was going to be a puppet show and we were going to voice it. Oh, that's cool. I, it, I, I thought it was cool. And I was the Boris Karloff voice. Oh, right um I, more importantly the the voice of the grinch right so the 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 deep booming that was and that's not my voice but that's what I was doing my senior year of high school um more importantly um there was a young lady playing Cindy Lou Who that I married Ooh. so this was yeah it's it's actually a, a it's a pretty big deal for us um and Laura's initial reaction was no, 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 because it's sentimental value. And I get that, but I'd much rather have a new generation of children connect to this story than preserve some antiquated thing that is sentimental. Only to older generations. I, I look, have you like
0: other well, than, so like the Rudolph movies and the, you were that a Santa Claus. I hate uh, those I, things. I never watch. Sure,
2: them. I don't like them either. I don't like the claymation stuff and the Island of misfit toys. I can't get down with that, but I, I connect very, very deeply with how the Grinch stole Christmas. So this is absolutely necessary. And everybody loves the despicable me movies. They love what illumination does. So
1: like, what's the big
2: fucking deal is I guess what I'm asking.
1: And with Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of the Grinch, I don't see why You
2: got Benedict Cumberbatch as the voice of the Grinch. Give me it all day long.
1: I just sent you the IMDb link. It, it's in his IMDb. He's doing it. Yep, he's the
2: only is he the only person cast at this point? Yes, he's the only cast member listed. And and as far as I'm concerned, that's all I need.
0: Well, I mean, he Benedict Cumberbatch can can do like any voice, so yeah, I, I don't believe. It. Listen, and 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 if I'm in the minority with this, perfectly fine. Not also a rarity for me to be uh, in the minority of this uh, opinion, but okay, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, I can I can get down for that. I just you know, not a big fan of Illumination, but whatever. To each his own. How are you not a big fan of Illumination? Yes, you are. You just
2: didn't like the last two things. I
0: didn't didn't like Dominion. I didn't like Despicable Me 2. I didn't like Despicable Me 3. And I can't think of any. And I didn't like the Lorax. You didn't like Despicable Me 2? I didn't like Despicable Me 2. There's
2: something wrong with you.
0: Didn't like the Lorax either. You didn't like. Shut up. Didn't
2: like it. Shut up. Closing thought on the Grinch animated whatever. If you, neither of you have heard the, the Darius Rucker, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, I'm praying that Darius Rucker does the music for this animated movie, because his revised rendition of the original song is spectacular.
0: I'll put it on my playlists and I'll, I'll
2: listen to it. Please do, because it's really good.
0: And if I didn't say it, it wouldn't be captured for posterity. All right, well, then let's uh, let's get a little palate cleanser. Let's take a look at the world of comics, how it's affecting TV, how it's affecting movies. But most of all, how it's affecting Brian. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Cape Talk.
2: Cape Talk.
0: So reaching out again on Facebook, I posed an age-old question. I want to hear your opinion on this, guys, because this got heated really quickly in our comments of Marvel versus DC. And, and I'm going to start this off with, I got a lot of questions going, okay, what's like – DC Comics versus Marvel like comics are we talking the movies Are like like what are we talking about I said umbrella just the whole thing which one are 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 you more loyal except, to or which was
2: Except the best? except you posted a picture of Chris Evans as Captain America and the animated DC Batman. Yeah, animated DC so, Batman's so it's not at all clear what you meant.
0: Oh, in the, I mean, in the comments, we we got into it. So there was over 40 votes for this. Like 300 people were, were looking at the post itself, and the comments got, got pretty heated. Uh, the result came down to this. I'll give you the numbers, then I'll give you the conversation. But 78% of our fans said Marvel, 22% right, said because DC. Because they were
2: considering but the, the, yep. the, the
0: yep. MC. The- yep, that's exactly what we're going to get to. The reason it broke down this way was they said, listen, uh, Batman over everybody. Like, Batman always yeah, wins. I, I voted DC. Always play Batman. Uh, when it comes to the movies, it's Marvel. They, they enjoy the Marvel well, movies no more shit. than DC movies. Right. But when it comes to the comics, that's where it was pretty split. Most people leaning towards DC, but there's a lot of people going, you know, Marvel's got this. And the, the, their catalog of characters is better, but DC is just doing a better job with that.
2: What so did was, Brian Roman's uh, girlfriend say about your
0: nonspecific <laughs> bullshit survey? I, you know what? I didn't didn't get any feedback from her. So that's what I want to know. It's a little bit about this conversation and and how can we ask this question better or what can we do to kind of help with everyone understanding these uh, these two factions?
1: There's no good way to ask this question because if you're trying to say overall there are certain things that each – company does better than the other right if you're talking about comic books there are certain decades that one company is better than the other if we're, you know it, like recently dc comics has been better but 10 years ago in 2000 to 2010 marvel was doing a lot of really good shit um in the 90s it was you know Early 90s was, was more DC, late 90s was more Marvel. like you, you can't there's no good way. This, this is a constant pendulum going back and forth Absolutely. of who is better than who. All right They both have an amazing character <clears throat> excuse me. They both have an amazing cast of characters. They both have a ton of different backstories. It really depends on how you as a person identifies with those characters. I identify with Spider-Man. That's why he's my favorite character. So I'm probably going to push Marvel more than DC. I love Batman. Love him, think he's fantastic, but you, you can't make me choose an entire publishing company or an entire co- conglomerate. If you're talking about the movies, hands down, Marvel does better movies. They, they they've proven it time and time again. But DC but doing you're talking much about better animated,
2: television.
1: If you're talking about animated, DC has the corner on animated movies, and all their animated movies are fantastic. All their animated shows are usually better than what the uh, what Marvel puts out. Their television is. Better than what Marvel puts out, unless you're talking about Netflix. Well, then Netflix, Marvel obviously does it better. Not just because it's Netflix. I mean, if you're going, if I were to compare Daredevil season one with Flash season one, I'd probably pick Daredevil as much as I love the Flash. This is not a good question. You have started a very terrible war inside of me, and I refuse to talk about it anymore.
2: <laughs> it's a it's a flawed survey question for sure.
0: But that's fine. The discussion was more interesting to me than the actual poll results. The discussion is what. I th- I got the most value from and, and just yeah, having those two gifts and having people vote on them. That's
1: don't give me this bullshit talk. of the gift was inside us all along bullshit that you're about to feed me. Okay. No, I'm just saying, no, what no, are you talking about? No. You posed a question. There has to be a definitive answer to that question. There does not and the shitty way. That there you just posed needs the to question, be a discussion. Co- no, that's not that. No, 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 Josh. No, it's not. You
2: There's, there's too far too broad. A question was asked.
1: Okay. Do
2: you prefer cooking or eating? It's not like there are two things that kind of go hand in hand, and, and you really actually need one to have the other, but you can't pit them against each other because it doesn't make sense is where I'm at.
1: Anyway, I refuse to vote. And that's, that's really fine. A, a, a I, there are other people that refuse to, to vote on that. and no, that's-
2: I, voted, I voted DC specifically because your fucking poll was skewed towards Marvel. How is the poll
1: skewed towards Marvel? Chris
2: Evans versus animated Batman is skewed towards Marvel 100%. Um, what? I'm, gonna,
1: I'm what? going what? to. What? No. I'm have you, to, you
2: can I'm rebut gonna, that, but it's for, for, for most of the people on Facebook, that's, that's the way they're going to look uh,
1: at it. I'm going to have to rebut that because. If if you are talking about animated Batman, we're talking about Kevin Conroy. Yeah. He is Batman.
2: That's great. Absolutely. That's wonderful. He That's is wonderful. everything.
1: He never made the money that Chris Evans made. Who cares about the money? We're because talking about the, the people representation that of the are going to vote
2: on this. They're they're endeared to the Marvel movie universe. Not necessarily the Batman animated series. That's dude. That's a small. Oh,
1: bu- 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 no, Batman no, no. animated series is a
0: huge following.
1: Everybody, no, no. Regardless of whether you were a comic book fan or not, everybody my age and CJ's age grew up with that show. Yeah, I've Absolutely. never, seen, I've never seen it. I've never seen it, Josh. It came out in 93, 94. You were well past the age of the target audience watching Saturday morning cartoons.
2: And and that's true. I was playing football. I like. I, I never saw it.
0: So here's, here's the promise I'll make then. I'll stay away from these skewing polls if we can maybe set up a way to have a good discussion about these uh these two entities and see how we can all coexist as nerds. All right. So next part coming in with, with Cape Talk comes from a fan question. Uh, so DeMarc left a comment on our Facebook asking some questions about the uh, Disney acquisition of Fox, uh, particularly about how we're going to go ahead and maybe integrate X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the MCU. just. Kind of how to to go about that. Is it something that we build into? Do we retcon it into phases two and three? Or do we just build a new phase going on to to four? How do you guys think that they're going to put these two properties together in the MCU?
2: In a way that is
1: needed to be redone at least once. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I don't understand what that means.
2: I think they are going to screw it up the first time and then have to figure it all out a few years later.
1: I don't think Marvel's going to screw anything up. Didn't say
2: Marvel was
1: well i think Disney, someone's gonna screw Disney something of up it. it's already been screwed up have you seen x-men Three: the last stand <laughs> or Van four stick
2: uh, i'm with you and and that actually that argument right there we've had three fantastic four movies since what 2000 brian
1: three fantastic four movies yes yeah, since 2000 2002 2004
2: Okay, we've had one animated How the Grinch Stole Christmas since
1: 1966. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm saying, CJ. There's my argument.
2: But I I just, I don't think, here's my hope. My hope is that they don't try to fold it and cram it all together quickly. I, I just, I hope they spread it out over, this is like a, there's a lot of stuff here. You could do this over 10 years.
0: So here's the question that that, that Dumar posed too, and it, it kind of involves Spider Man. The way that they put Spider Man into the MCU is being like, hey, remember that time in Iron Man, I think it was two? That you know, Tony saved this little kid wearing an Iron Man mask? That was Peter Parker. He's been here the whole time. And we're just like, all right, well, New York's a you know, while it's a, a, a big city, get kind of relatively small. You think you would have bumped into the Fantastic Four by now. You know, how do you then put in a prominent, you know, superhero group? into the mcu brian what, what do you think they're going to do or what is your hope at least
1: for integrating they've been trapped in the negative zone for years several years
0: all right so they're they're coming out as the first time for the fantastic four back into reality
1: or yeah, our reality that's how i would do it if it, if it were me um i, I mean listen I, I i am not a writer by any means i do not get paid several hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this they do They've done a great job. I trust whatever they're gonna do with it. Um, but I mean that's how I would introduce the Fantastic Four in it. I think I think they can just pretty much move on uh and talk about, you know, just shoehorn the X-Men in kind of like they shoehorn Spider-Man in. I, I think they can do it and have it make sense. I kind of
0: mutants in hiding kind of thing, not really. Yeah, I mean facing. I mean think
1: of it this way. I mean, if you're if you're, you know, being pursued and you know hunted you're, you're not going to go around announcing yourself just yet you know and if the x-men maybe in the marvel universe have not been formed just
0: yet i say very or, easy to tuck away a school forget the kids in the in the hills
1: and just well he's he's a you know, he's here, here's the popular. big thing and in the comic book for years professor x had pretty much mind manipulated the entire government into not knowing that this place existed so why can't we just do that in this that'll instance? be cool yeah i mean i would be down he's, for that He's, you know, a telepathic who just made everybody who saw this school or who saw evidence of mutants forget.
0: So, DeMarc, really, to, to answer your question, I kind of lean here on Josh. I, I really hope that it's about taking your time with this, right? This merger is going to take 18 months to actually finalize and, and get the, you know, the ink to dry on it. Uh, so let's hope that during that time we're investing the resources into thinking of how to do this so we don't have a timeline like the
1: Terminator or X-Men. They uh, already are. Let, right. Let's face it. This this Avengers movie and the Avengers movie following it is going to be the end of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe, as we know it. Things are going to be very different. Kevin Feige has already said that going okay. forward. And as far as that differences go, maybe, you know, you don't have an Iron Man or a Captain America anymore. But maybe we can have a Fantastic Four and an X-Men and integrate some other characters, a completely new team of Guardians of the Galaxy into this. Like, it, it, it could go anywhere. And... Feige the one to do it in Feige. We trust that's a, that's a, all I need.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for that kind of nerd to give you our thoughts on Star Wars, The Last Jedi. So if you haven't seen the movie, uh, this is officially where you can go ahead and pause it, go to the theater, go watch it uh, and come on back. And then we can finish being or walk around your neighborhood or your drive to work. Uh, if you are not prepared for spoilers, uh, you better turn off right now because it, it is time for us to talk about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. So, uh, I want to quickly just get some just broad strokes thoughts on the the movie itself. Uh, just just kind of your your first opinion
1: on it, Brian. Let, let's start with you. Uh, first opinion overall. I mean, I, I liked it. I, I don't, I don't think it's without its flaws. I think there's definitely some stuff that that could have been done differently or better but i mean i i highly enjoyed it um i'm still not sure if i like it better than force awakens but i mean i i i I thought it was definitely worth worth the watch and i'll probably go see it again just to kind of cement what i think of it in the hierarchy of star wars movies most certainly better than all the prequels
0: I really enjoyed it. Uh, Again, I agree there are some some faults with it. Uh, Some of them I'm willing to forgive and some of them I I, I'm I'm hoping that the next movie will uh, will fix. I think I had, in my opinion, the, the winning strategy of staying away from all marketing trailers, reviews. I mean, total blackout on it and just coming into it fresh was was really good. And I think the fact that I wasn't trying to solve any of the you know fan theories or trying to think of how I would want this Star Wars movie to play out, I think really helped me in the, just being open to what this movie was was doing. Uh, so I was willing to take a little more of the twists and the turns and, and to to take some of that and be fine. Uh, so I really enjoyed it. In my opinion, Brian, though, I do think this is better than The Force
1: Awakens. I mean, I think before we get to Josh, I'm sorry, Josh um but i think that's why everybody seems to have such a huge problem with this movie is because everybody had their fan theories from force awakens that they didn't get the answer that they wanted and that's why everybody seems to be really upset with it i didn't really buy into that i mean i i always you know i i tried to think oh you know wouldn't it be cool if they did this but i i went into it thinking whatever they do they do and you know i'm sure i'm gonna enjoy it because it's star wars you know Go
0: ahead, Josh. Josh, I know that you and Christian saw this movie together after like the best 48 hours of father-son bonding in the history of the world. <laughs> so I, I definitely need to hear a little bit about how that experience was for you and for Christian. Uh,
2: Well, he he absolutely loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, We didn't compare and contrast or, or do any of that stuff. Or, I, you know, I think a lot like me, he goes into a movie just wanting to experience it and see what it's about. And that's, that's, I went in wanting to just experience this movie, see what it was all about. And man, I, I loved it. I loved it. I liked it more than the force awakens. Um, I wasn't looking to solve fan theories. I, 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 I don't care about fan theories. I really like the way the, the story played out. And if you think about the people are, from from what I gather, you know one of the one of the big unsolved questions, and and Brian, keep me honest, but it's this connection between well, there's supposed to be a connection between Kylo Ren and 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 Rey, right?
1: unsolved from this movie, uh, unsolved, sure, sure, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You know him saying she came from nothing. Maybe maybe she did. Maybe she did come from nothing. Uh, you know who else came from nothing? Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, no, not Luke Skywalker.
1: Anakin, literally from yeah. physically, who? not from
2: nothing. Anakin Skywalker from. From from nothing came from nothing.
1: Right. Yeah, he doesn't so, have a daddy. Right.
2: So I, I just I, I really I really like I, that when when he when Kylo Ren gave that speech, and I don't know whether to call him Kylo Ren or Ben Solo at this point, but I call him Kylo. Um, when he gave that speech, I went, "Wow, that's actually really cool." Right? She came from nothing. Right. The last person we know that came from nothing was Anakin Skywalker, and now I'm I'm more into the story. So for me it was awesome and it was it was almost full circle uh and even even tied me more to the original story which i liked very much so i i have absolutely no problem with anything that happened especially because i just i went into experience it we're going to go see it again um saturday uh the whatever tomorrow
0: is i heard second viewings get very, you absorb a little more, and and you actually appreciate a little better after a second well,
2: watching. I, if I like it more after the second watching, that's that's fantastic. I I did like it more than the Force Awakens. Not not a ton more, but but more, but more.
1: For for me, here's the, what I like about that moment that you're before CJ says what he's going to say. I'm sorry, I'm just talking over people. Go for it. Here's what I like about that moment that Josh is, that you're talking about. The fact that Rey's parents come from nothing and I think that's that's really going back to the f- fact that people were making all these stand theories of what her parentage was. To be and fair, the it, Force it, Awakens it, was building that up.
0: Right, I mean, but, it's not it, but
1: I I, think, I understand. I, I get it, but I it think was it was building it up suspense.
2: Matter. It wasn't necessarily it, building up anything I, else.
0: I,
1: I agree. Here, here's here's what I feel is most important about that moment. And yes, you know, the last person to come from nothing was Anakin. But when you watched the original Star Wars trilogy, episode four, five, and six, the the force and the Jedi was something that was accessible to everybody. Yes. As long as you believed it, you could you could be a Jedi and it made it it made it accessible to everybody who was watching that movie. And then when the Phantom Menace comet came out and they talked about Metaclorians and being, that wasn't, you had to be chosen.
2: That right. wasn't that wasn't exclusive to the Phantom Menace. That was in the universe long before the Phantom Menace.
1: Regardless, that was, regardless, that was it wasn't in the, the Star original Wars trilogy. universe
2: a long, long time
1: ago. But it wasn't in the original trilogy, is my point. Well, yeah, but
2: they didn't discuss selection in the original trilogy. There right, was right, no
1: discussion. But that's discussion. my point. My point is that it, it, as a viewer of that original trilogy, you could be a Jedi. It didn't matter where you came from or what you were doing.
2: But as a viewer of the original trilogy, the Jedi were were dead. The Jedi were no more, right? So. When you went to the prequels, there had to be there had to be discussion about selection.
1: Let, let me let me just finish my thought real quick. Um, my point is that in the prequels, it very much cemented the fact that not everybody could be a Jedi. It was very much like you were chosen, you were selected by whatever means or process or whatever it was, and it really be- made it become finite. And you had What's to be special. That? What's wrong with that is that as a viewer, like you feel you want like the hope that you, you can be you one. want the hope you, that you, w- you want a fucking Skywalker. participation that's trophy true. you
2: both want a participation trophy no but you, you want the want feeling home. that you you could want be everybody that. to feel like they're a beautiful snowflake no it's
0: no that's, that's, what, not, you're not, that's, that's not what you're saying that's what i'm saying uh, uh, no. if no. i
2: believe
0: right. i'm a jedi i'm a jedi let me do this what i liked about this movie and talking about ray's parentage is not necessarily being special or that is is this this is a very big universe that we're in. literally physically a lot of people a lot of space encompassed in it but in these last movies we have only been focused on one family we've been focused on the skywalker family and it's nice to see that now we can actually go to the wide universe that we live in that there are other people out there and that you're you're going out and that there's the possibility for more people to be uh you know sensitive to the force and not necessarily have to be a special person and a special bloodline with a medichlorian level in their blood of 86.235 repeating that it, it can be a little more about your character it can be more about the fact that you can be virtuous or the fact that maybe you are driven and that that can drive the force to to awaken inside you that the force is not just linked to to one group it's not just linked to one thing. It can be for anybody. You just you just gotta be able to to have it awake inside of you, and that doesn't necessarily mean that every single person has the the capability for it. It's just that more people have the uh, the inclusion to do it. That gives us more characters. That gives us more drama. That gives us more tension. That makes for better storytelling. Uh, I I think it was n- nice that we ended with the kid who was you know focused on hope, right? Who who grabbed that broom at the end i thought it was a great way to them have him again look up to the stars and look at the possibility of all the other people who are just like him that there could be someone else out there that he could relate to uh, i think that's a good message to, to send to people
2: but the I, prequels I, showed it wasn't about one family like the main characters were the one family but the prequels showed there were a ton of jedi Right, but then
0: we killed them all, and then we went to focusing on just the. No, the
2: I, I understand. I understand. Yeah, episode it, two. It, it wasn't. It it wasn't just the one family, right? At
0: first, all right. So in the seventies movies, yes, it was. It was all about that. When we get to the episode one, you're right. It was no, not. When I, I said
2: at first, I, I meant I, the prequels. Okay. I, I, I gotcha. Because they came. They came before the movies in the seventies. Okay. Chronologically. Chronologically, yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So. The the original series was written about the one family. I understand. Then we had the prequels that showed there were all these Jedi. And yes. now we're going to rebuild around the Force. Not necessarily have to call it Jedi, but right. Rebuild around the Force and it's still going to be a select few. I don't
0: it's think not so. gonna, I think it's, I, I think literally that is called The Force Awakens. I think it's awakening with the the universe.
1: I because I don't think so.
0: The, I don't the, think it's possible. The here's a thing I do want to ask you, though, when it comes to hang hang on, hang on, hang on, because I'm not
1: I'm not done with this discussion in in the in this movie, in this movie, Luke actually describes the force as being everywhere. It's between everything. It's you just need to be sensitive enough to feel it. I agree with you that, yes, not everybody is going to be able to be a Jedi and be able to sense it. But that's the whole point of this movie. It's not for the select few. If you want it. And you're motivated and you have the skill to do it, you could do it. That's but, but that's, that's still all I'm you're
2: you're setting filters. That's still a select few.
1: But that's but it's right. more than one family. Oh, I absolutely more than the five people we've been seeing so far. For
2: me, it was never about one family.
1: But that's right? why that's why that moment is so important, and that's why it's so important that Ray comes from nothing and from two totally drunk agree. junkers. Totally that's why my point is.
0: Here's a question I had about the, the tone of the movie. There was a lot of uh, comedy in it. There was a lot of physical bits. Uh, I, my favorite moment, but also a little cringeworthy, was the 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 banter between H- uh, Poe and Hux in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I'm holding for General Hux. Uh, that was Christian's I, I, favorite I, part of the movie. I'm, tell, I'm, tell him it's about his mother. It's, it's it's fantastic. At one point, that was like, okay, I get it, Disney. Like, ah, all right, Disney got the Star Wars. But then the fact that it meant something, like he's stalling for time. Uh, I was very quick to forgive. What do you guys think about the humor uh in in this one?
2: Well that's what we got from Poe in The Force Awakens. He's he's cool under pressure, he's irreverent, he's a smart ass. Uh, like I was this this was a good continuation
0: for me. Right. What about like the caretakers and and the fact that Ray like destroys like their their house, their fishing uh cart and and things like that on the island?
1: Now, I, I think the humor is necessary because this movie is pretty dark and, and in general. And, and listen, for everybody in that th- movie theater, we all you all knew this was the last time you got to see Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia. And we already set spoilers, right?
0: The fact yeah, that the absolute. fact
1: that Luke technically dies at the end of this movie. I mean, there's some pretty heavy shit in this movie. Yeah. You need the comedy to lighten it up. You need you need a few moments here. Whether Those little it be, birds
2: that are always the screaming. Porgs. Yeah, yeah, whether
1: it be the, the Chewbacca trying to eat a porg in front of its family <laughs> or the caretakers. <laughs> you you got to have that. Otherwise, like you just walk out of the theater depressed. And every Star Wars movie has had humor. Yes. Empire had a ton of humor, whether it be from Han or whether it be from C-3PO. There, There was always that little bit of levity in there. Just so you're having fun at the theater. And that's that's what this did. I
0: have two moments I need to know your reactions to, and then we can kind of open up to a broader discussion at that point. There is uh, the moment where we finally get this resolution from the cliffhanger from The Force Awakens where Ray hands Luke the lightsaber, and he just looks at it and then throws it over his shoulder. What was your reaction when that happened? I chuckled. Just chuckle, Brian?
1: I, I actually th- – so the so I watched Force Awakens before I saw it, and then I watched this, and then I watched Force Awakens again. And I'm actually, like, I know a big sticking point for a lot of people is, well, you know, we never found out how Maz got that Luke's lightsaber, and care. they never. A I don't care.
0: Yeah.
1: B I don't. No, who cares? I don't necessarily think it's Luke's lightsaber. I think it's Kylo's. But what did you think when he threw it over his shoulder? I, I think a lot of moments in this movie is Ryan Johnson pretty much saying, "Hey." This is this is ours. This is our universe. Like, we're, we're going to do what we want with it. You know, screw your theories. This is what we're doing. I, I, I thought it was, I, I didn't get upset by it. I thought it was fine. I think it's in, in in tandem with the character arc that Luke was on at that point. He has shut himself off from the Force and everything to do with it. So, yeah, if you hand me the lightsaber from a time of my life that I'm trying to forget, in fact, a portion of my life that I'm trying to destroy, yeah, I'm going to throw it away like it's nothing.
0: I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. At first, when it happened, the moment it happened, I was. I was a little mad. But as as it progressed, and I just got over the initial shock, I thought it was hilarious. But for a split second, I really did. My gut reaction was, "Oh, come the fuck on!" But then, it, just like you said, Brian, it makes total sense. Like, there's there's no reason to get mad about that at all. Uh, the the other moment, plus the
1: fact that the, the lightsaber's destroyed at this yeah. point anyway, so it, who cares? The,
0: well, that brings me to the next moment for it. Uh, in typical Star Wars fashion, at some point. In, in the story, someone's got to lose a hand. And there was a moment when they were fighting over the lightsaber in the, the red room after Snoke uh, that the business end was pointed at Kylo Ren's hand. And part of me was chanting, oh, come on, lose a hand, lose a hand, lose a hand. Uh, that fight scene was incredible in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, that
2: was my favorite part of the movie. I was yeah. going to
0: say, was that everyone's favorite part for it? How do we feel about just the fight scene? We'll get to Snoke in just a moment.
1: I have two favorite parts, but that is one of them. Well, what was the other favorite part? Just out of curiosity, when Admiral Holdo went into hyperspace right into the middle of a yeah, freaking starship, was That was awesome. So, which then followed by an awesome fight between Finn and Phasma. That entire scene yeah, was I great.
2: don't think we've seen the last of Phasma either. Oh no,
1: Phasma's coming back. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely need that. Uh so let's talk a little bit then about Snoke. Uh because I gotta be honest, this was the one part where I, I understand it. And again, this is flipping people little, on their little heads. anticlimactic.
2: But group. it was.
0: It was anticlimactic for me.
1: Oh my gosh. I it, thought it was partly. I I, I don't,
0: I'm not holding it against it as a criticism. I just I wanted a little more. I understand it was the fact that it was the first time that Kyle actually we'll call him Ben at that point. Ben was hiding his feelings from Snoke. And, or, 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 or,
2: it ended the same way every other Sith Lord ends. Thank you. Yep. With with the apprentice killing Kylo the, Ren, absolutely rising up and and killing the master. So I don't necessarily think this was a Ben Solo move. I thought he saw it as I can be the master, she can be my apprentice, and then he made that profession to her moments later. So. I don't think this was at all anticlimactic. I think it was exactly the way it should happen, and I think it was exactly the way George Lucas would have written.
0: It. I, I agree that Snoke definitely needed to die. Kyler and, I mean, the way it happened, I like completely understand and agree with it. I, I just know I want a little more, but it's not one of those things I'm just like, how dare they kill Snoke? I don't know anything about. Like, No, like yes, this, this is fine. This Let's, is, let, this let is it something happen.
1: that keeps on coming up that we didn't explain who Snoke was or where he came from. And, and and the the whole point of the fact the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter. You're not going to this movie to watch Snoke. You're going to this movie to follow Kylo Ren and to follow Ray. And the fact of the matter is, when we all went to go see Return of the Jedi, did nobody knew anything about Emperor Palpatine, and they didn't explain anything, so we didn't know anything about Palpatine's backstory until the prequels. And this is the same the same thing. Will we never find out what what where Snoke came from? not necessarily there's plenty of there's plenty of avenues that we can explore whether it be ryan johnson's trilogy or even just in a book or expanded universe thing that you can learn about snoke's past but for this movie it does not matter there's no reason i need to know where snoke came from why he's so powerful or how he took over the first order i am watching this movie for kylo ren and for ray and for finn and that's it and this that was a huge turning point for kylo ren it was a huge moment in his character arc
0: so the there was one moment in the movie that the movie went from
1: oh this is this is good
0: to oh yeah this is this is great and this is better than force awakens and that was seeing yoda and getting the puppet yoda back uh and and getting rid of that cgi stuff and hearing and seeing yoda again i i mean the fanboy in me i literally i was i was i was so ecstatic
1: that was pretty cool yeah it was great to see the the puppet I, I love that scene just for the fact that, like, okay, yeah, Luke's finally getting back in touch with the Force so he can see Yoda again, and he's still, but he's still emo boy. He's still emo boy Luke. He's like, I'm going to burn this tree to the ground, and Yoda's like, okay, <laughs> bet, and just freaking lights it on fire. Yep. Like, I'll do it for you. That's, A, that's that's in the Yoda character. It's in the Yoda-Luke relationship, and, and, and B, it's followed by this great scene and this great moment of Luke, or, and, and, well, really Yoda saying, once again, Luke, you are so focused on the future and the past and what you could have done differently and what's going to go and happen in the future. You're never living in the present. That's your problem. And that's a huge moment for Luke's character, too. I just, there was a lot of really great moments in this movie, really spot on character developments in this movie that I highly enjoyed.
0: Did you notice that in the Millennium Falcon, when uh, I th- uh, I think it is Finn is getting the blanket for Rose, in the drawer was the Jedi text? It is yes, not yeah, yeah. She destroyed. took them so on the... Pe- people did not know that. I want to make sure that people know that, even though that was destroyed, it's it's still there somewhere. So that may be coming back. Here's the the final question I have, again, before we go to a broader discussion if we need to. Uh, I want to know who had the... the the biggest enlightenment or who got the most out of this movie. Cause in my opinion, it, it was Poe. Poe went from being the hothead to not being told the, you know, the whole plan and realizing that a hero's job sometimes is not to just go in guns blazing. It's not to always be, uh, the, the, the alpha, the number one, it's about sometimes stepping back and letting things happen and letting other people, carry the burden and not putting it all on yourself
1: sometimes you have to run away is really
0: what he learned right absolutely uh and i think he grew because uh, i I don't think that's
2: i don't think that was the message though brian i think i think cj cj highlighted a bit a bit better in that it's not enough to win you have to lead and that but i i don't I don't think you can say one person had the biggest takeaway. Like,
0: no, I uh, okay, ma- yeah,
1: that's true. Go ahead, please finish. I, it. I, think, I agree. I think, I, I think. Go ahead, Brian. Go, Josh.
2: So the I think I when you look at character arc and and really who took what away, Poe, Ray, Finn, Kylo Ren were all completely changed yes. throughout the course of that. Like. Kylo Ren being defeated by a hologram, essentially, by 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 a force hologram. That was badass. Was bad, but he, what? I mean, you don't think he learned from that? I do. Right? I, I absolutely, so, I'm not saying then, that then, no one learned.
0: I just think. No, oh, right. I, had this. I,
2: I, think, I think each of them, each of these new characters learn these fantastic lessons that we'll see play out through at least one more movie, if not more.
1: I, I would argue that. <clears throat> I agree with you. I don't think you can point to one character. I think I think the main complaint I hear about this movie is that, oh, there was no story, to which I said I said, okay, um, what was the story behind Empire Strikes Back? And nobody really has an answer for me. Because let's face it, we all love Empire Strikes Back, but it has a weak story. It's all about the character development. And that's what this movie did. This movie just did a lot of development for every single character. Including Luke, I think Luke had one of the biggest character arcs. I think Luke will be back.
2: I think now I think think he's going to be back
1: too. But as Obi Wan did. But this is the end of his of his story. This is how that's how his his
2: mortal story. yes. His
1: his this is the end of Luke's story. He he's finally come back around and he has become one with the Force. He's truly under because he never died. It it it, he didn't doing that Force projection. Same as Obi Wan kill him. Right. Same thing as Yoda. He just became one with the Force and had a true understanding of the Force and became one with it. Um, I think Finn had a huge, you know, a huge moment when it came to uh, his priorities because the entire first act of the movie, his one priority is Ray and making sure that Ray's okay. And now he's thinking bigger picture. I think Poe, same thing, is thinking bigger picture. Like sometimes you need to lose the battle to win the war mentality. Um, You know, Ray obviously had a lot of of character development and and, and different things that, you know, she went through as well. So I I think that's what this movie was all about. It was all about the character development with, let's face it, it didn't have a a ton of story, but I I didn't need that because I was bought in from Force Awakens to the characters. Right.
0: And I agree. Listen, there there are some things I did not like about this movie, as with every movie. Uh, But I don't think it's worth time to sit down and nitpick those things, to pick it apart and to do that, because the the good outweighed the bad, and it's when you, so great, and when you look at other movies that have come out that again have problems and that we do nitpick, the reason we do that is because the the good is outweighed by the bad, right? And just like we talked about the characters, we, we have issues with them. It's not being done the way that that we would like. Uh, so I don't think tearing this movie apart is worth anyone's effort. To be honest. I think focusing on what was done well again outweighing the bad, uh, and the fact that we have a, another way. There's another story that's still yet to be told uh, for yeah, this chapter, and, and that's
1: the difference between this movie and some other things. Is that we know episodes nine is coming. We know there's a bigger picture, and like once you see all the the pieces put together, it's all going to make more sense. And it's like, and it's about this the whole- movie is necessary. For some of these characters to do whatever they're going to do in episode nine. Right.
0: And and other again, the difference between Star Wars and other movies is that the next chapter is, again, all encompassing everybody rather than solo ventures. Right. So we're not just seeing just race storyline or just, uh, you know, Kylo Ren's. Uh, So there's there's way more room for for people to grow again, telling the whole story rather than part of the story. So we're not going to pick it apart. So if you're looking for that, it's not uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, final thoughts on Star Wars The Last Jedi. Anything else that you kind of need to, to talk about a bit?
2: I, I thought Leia was going to die in this movie. Oh, me too. So, so, you know, watching her sort of force fly through space back to the ship was a little surprising. Um, but I was glad that she makes it through... Uh, you know, we're, we'll have to hear the story of of how she went, but I, I enjoyed seeing that. I thought for sure she was done, but I, I, all in all, I was thrilled.
0: It's something that that got that got me, and it really, I I was very emotional about it. Was a when the moment happened, it was like, oh my god, we're doing it this soon? Oh my god, no! But knowing that she was sharing a lot of those scenes with her her daughter, her who yeah, that that daughter, was cool. yeah, that was
2: oh cool. Yeah, oh my
0: god, it was pulling at my heartstrings. I, I was actually just like, man, she gets to to have this. She gets to to be able to say, you know, I, I got to act with my mom a lot, uh, and it's it's put in this wonderful film, and you get to come back to that, and you can you see that relationship a little bit, and yeah, it was nice it's to very see. Very cool. So yep. I I like the way they handled Carrie Fisher a lot. Brian, final thoughts on you? Uh, final thoughts on me? I think I'm pretty spectacular. <laughs> I, I, I think out. you're pretty
2: spectacular,
1: <sighs> Brian. I, think f- I have a lot to offer.
0: Brian, your your thought, your final thoughts on a uh, Star Wars the Last Jedi?
1: Oh, uh, Star Wars the Last Jedi. Um, Final thoughts are: I mean, like I said, I, I highly enjoyed it. I, I, I mean, as far as Carrie Fisher goes, um, you know, I'm interested to see. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't let the tragedy of her death affect how they were going to portray this story. Yep. Um, I'm interested to see how they figure it out for episode nine, um, and writing her out and everything, but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was it's a worthy installment in the saga. I think. Mark Hamill was, you know, fantastic. And, and as always, I, I think he had a lot of amazing scenes between him and R2 and between him and Yoda. I yep. mean, I, I think I think it, it did enough to kind of tug at my nostalgia heartstrings for this saga, but also while setting up something new and giving me things to look forward to that don't necessarily include the characters that I grew up with. I'm OK with this new batch of characters and I'm yep, interested for to sure. see where they go. And I also think yes. I also think DJ is. I mean, we're not going to see the last of DJ. You don't cast Benicio del Toro for seven minutes of film. Like he's going to be a bigger role. Yeah. But I think that was a huge moment too when him and Finn. Well, are on he's the he's
2: sort of the he's sort of the new Lando Calrissian.
0: Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Uh, he was the character I bumped on, but I again I see a higher purpose in him, so I'm not going to rip him apart. I'll I'll see something. Some something, something will come back later. You don't cast him. You don't, tell me you didn't you didn't, you didn't like
2: draw that. an immediate parallel to Lando.
1: No. I didn't draw an immediate parallel to land. No, well,
2: use, useful in getting what you want, but can't trust him that he won't get what he needs first.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I see mean, it. Now that you say it, yeah. I see it. Yeah. Alright, well ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is our episode today. Now, uh, this is not a one-way street. We need to hear from you. Uh, So talk to us on Facebook or Twitter, at That Kind of Nerd. Tell us your thoughts about any of the topics that we talked about, but if you have something you want to share about Star Wars, go ahead and let us know. Uh, We're also talking about anything good for the end of the year that we missed or something that we didn't talk about. We definitely want to know if there's a story that we need to talk about before 2018 uh, rolls around. Uh, So, I want to thank you so much for making us your walk around your neighborhood or your drive to work. I CJ mellon joined by josh burns and brian thornton and we will see you next week
1: if you love comics and sci-fi and technology television video games and fantasy well take a listen to our show i'm sure you'll see there's many points where we can agree
0: like the martha as the plot point was just too absurd
1: And Apple versus Android is a case to be heard. And that Josh Trank's new Fantastic Four was a turd.
2: Well, welcome to the club, because you were that kind of nerd.
1: January 12th. Wow, January 12th. January 12th, we have The Post. Mmm, January 12th. The Post. It's got Toast Tanks, Mel Strost, Bob Odenkost. Did we? Do we have to have an order to this? I just picked five. Uh, random I, I did. I did five, four, three,
2: two, one. Yeah. Oh, did you
1: do five, four, three, two, one? I sure did. You did five, four, three, two, one. Not one, two, three, four, well, five. Got, not one, two, three, four, five. All right. Well, then I gotta do five, four, three, two, one. Wait, could I be Brian Thornton for a day? Do you want to?
2: I gotta tell you, I I diddle myself from sun up to sundown. <laughs>
0: It's like being John Malkovich,
1: right? We can. There's just a little room we can go into. We can be Brian for a few hours. You do not want to be inside my head.